When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, here we go. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host for today, for the week, I think. Uh, Jesse Montano, joined as always by my great friends, Megan Angley and AJ Haefeli. And we are here, well, we're here to talk about all kinds of stuff. I was going to say we're here to talk about Darcy Kemper, but it'll be a portion of the show. Then we've got some other stuff we can get into. Uh, we are officially, officially into the NHL offseason. Uh, some teams obviously have been at it for now a couple months uh, with, the, uh, with the Stanley Cup final officially being concluded. Full swing, rumors are everywhere, conversations between GMs and agents are being had. So we have a lot uh, to get into today, and we also are expecting at some point today during this show, uh, the NHL regular season schedule will release. Is this not like the weirdest thing ever, like having the team that you cover, that you're around, that you root for, what you know, whatever, go to the Stanley Cup final, win the Stanley Cup, or what? 10 days removed from them lifting the cup and now we're getting the schedule to drop. Is it 10? It I, still feels like five. I, th- I think it's maybe it 11 because like it was what? Five. Sunday, right? Two Sundays ago. You're right. It's probably yeah. close to 10. Yeah. Which, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it, it both feels like it happened yesterday and also like it was a thousand years ago. It feels like yesterday. It does feel like yesterday. It's great. It's great. Um, AJ and Megan will be doing a lot of the heavy lifting today. As you can hear, I'm still not quite back in tip-top shape. I'm actually the reason we're getting going late. So shout out to Megan and AJ and Yah here for accommodating me. Uh, yes, I do agree with this. The EJ tweet for the schedule drop was just perfect. Um, guys, well, let's let's just go ahead and, and, and get right into it with with what uh, what the name of the show is, what I kind of led off with. Reports uh, from Pierre Lebrun that today there is a meeting scheduled between Darcy Kemper and his camp uh, and Joe Sackick and the rest of the Avs management. It happened. It, it already happened. So it's like we're uh, waiting for it. Went down this morning. Um AJ, we'll start with you. Have you heard anything different than what I've heard than what LeBron has put out there? Um, is this kind of the first time they're getting together? Um, what are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as I know, it's the first time that they're they're actually having like an official conversation about it. But you know, these guys—it's like it's not like these guys don't ever have any conversations during the year. You know, they they touch base, whatever. Um, they. Uh, uh, the, these are two sides that I think are actually motivated this year to, to make this work and to stick it out. Uh, I think last year the abs were comfortable with what happened. Um, I think that they had a plethora of options just given the market. And I don't know that that's true this year. I think that they're a little more motivated to try to... Uh, to try to make sure that that Kemper is not just a one a one year guy here. Yeah, and and like we said, I think the playoffs kind of went the way that you wanted it to. Oh, I mean, they absolutely went the way that you wanted it. You to, want to stay in the cup? You're happy. <laughs> at I least, guess in, okay. yeah, yeah. I guess not bad. Uh, at least in regards to Darcy Kemper, because that was kind of the 
not necessarily doomsday scenario that we had played out, but it was something that we had talked about going all the way back to last offseason when the Abs acquired Darcy Kemper for a first round pick for Connor Timmons. We said, look, you know, this guy goes off and in the playoffs and takes you to a Stanley Cup, you maybe are pricing yourself out. Um, Megan, if you're Darcy Kemper how and his agent and his camp, how much are you pointing at the regular season and maybe even the eye injury as you know, reasons to say like, Hey, yeah, the numbers weren't great, but this guy definitely still deserves a significant raise or, or do you have, you know, are, are you kind of victim to hey, postseason wasn't great. I, I feel like if I'm Kemper and Kemper's camp, that I would be leaning on that heavily, the regular season play, the fact that they still walked out of this with a Stanley cup, because I think that they are wise to the fact that the market is kind of tight and that they have, great point a little bit of a reason like a little bit to lean on the avalanche organization to make that conversation as agreeable as possible um, not just because of the postseason performance but because of what else is out there as well that's a great point and i think maybe let's let's go down that kind of road here if you're darcy kemper uh, I, I think you make a great point megan you can really kind of afford to be like yeah Play, playoffs wasn't great, but what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you the he does have a little bit more kind of control here than maybe some people give him a little bit, you know, give him credit for. You know, you see a lot of people upset that they're maybe wanting to bring him back, but I'm just going to run down what uh, NHL.com just put out a graphic this morning of what they had listed as their top goaltender free agents. I'm just going to run through this list right here. Jack Campbell. Marc-Andre Fleury, Thomas Grice, Yaroslav Halak, Braden Holpe, Ville Husso, Martin Jones, Darcy Kemper, and Kevin Lankinen. Those better not be ranked. I don't they they aren't. They aren't they aren't ranked. They're just um AJ. I don't think I'm being overly biased here when I say Darcy Kemper's name is the best one on that list. Yeah, I think um <clears throat> Depending on depending on how you feel about uh, you know Billy Huso uh, just had his first year as a starter really, uh, and you have to like what he did uh, and his age. Um, you know Jack Campbell, I think, has been impressive at times. Uh, obviously, Mark Andre Fleury has has a pretty good resume. Uh, but, but beyond that, beyond those couple of guys, I, I do think you're looking at those guys like you're going to hand over the keys to your Stanley cup champion roster, uh, and, and hope that one of those guys could, could pull that out, could pull off, uh, what, what, what Kemper did, um, which, like Kemper's job was pretty easy, uh, relatively speaking. He wasn't asked to do as much, but I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I do think that you're right, and that Darcy Kemper holds a lot of the cards here because the market is what it is. Last year, the Avs could kind of stare down the barrel and and play chicken with Philip Grubauer and dare him to go and get a big money deal on the market, and then lots of other options here. Um, but that's, I think, I, I don't know. I just, for me, I guess I, I wonder why Kemper would have kind of a wandering eye. You know, obviously money talks, but I, it's such a good fit here. The Avs want him here. Given his age, I don't think he's going to get a gigantic multi-year deal from somebody. You know, like, I'd be shocked if there's a five or six year deal on the table for that guy. Yeah. Uh, well, certainly six. I guess if somebody went five, I would be pretty surprised. But I, I, you know, NHL GMs, you know, it's it's hard to be shocked by them too much. But uh, for a guy that's already 32, I guess I, I guess I would really struggle with that. And um, and again, like you just look at the market and I just don't see where you have really strong viable alternatives that don't involve you hemorrhaging even more assets on the trade market. No, it's a good point. Cause last year 
Last year, I feel like it was kind of the opposite where the goalie market was kind of flush with, with some options. Megan, I look at this list and I see a lot of 1A, 1B type guys. If the abs were to miss out on Darcy Kemper, I guess what is your confidence level um, in Pavel Francouz and one of those guys I just listed? Because, like, look, Jack Campbell's been good. Wheels came off a bit uh, in the second half of the season last year. Mark Andre Fleury, to AJ's point yesterday, you know, obviously Chicago isn't the the elite team that they were ten years ago, but Mark Andre Fleury really struggled last year, uh, and, and you know Halak, Grice, all of those guys are are, are one B. If the Abs are going to mess out on Flurry, where is your confidence level with Pavel Francouz on something like this? I think that, and this isn't to diminish Darcy Kemper, but I think with what we saw happen in the playoffs, we almost got a sample of what a tandem situation might look like. Um, and we're a little familiar with Francouz's body of work. It's been a little limited in the playoffs specifically, Um but I think it would be a comparable situation to what we got in the playoffs um, because Darcy Kemper wasn't quite at his best. And so we had this tandem situation going on and it would be classified as kind of a moderate goaltending situation going into next year. And that's the magic trick that we talk about. Like, can the avalanche pull this off again with just moderate goaltending? Because it, we don't really know if that's consistent enough or not. But I think it's kind of what we're looking at anyways because we don't know what happens with Darcy Kemper. If he does come back, if he's at a hundred percent, I think my confidence level is equal to that of what we would get with Darcy Kemper going into next season as well. And it's not a bad thing. I don't mean to knock Darcy Kemper with that. Right. Does, does the eye worry either of you? No, no, no. I, just, it I just sounds about... like a long-term thing him being susceptible to post-concussion syndrome like down the line with any sort of upper body head related injuries that could happen and that's just such a high risk position for something like that yeah no it's it's i I think i'm with you guys it's it's one of those things that you have to damn i hate keep an eye on uh but uh, (laughs) um but yeah i think i think for the most part that's one of those things that (laughs) <laughs> he really did get him the, out of here. Yeah, yeah, kick him oh, out. Oh, 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 okay. So cold blooded. I was like, "Whoa, I didn't do that." Um, uh, got a super chat here, uh, from Jamie Dodge. Missed the last few pods. Missed the last few live pods. Just saying, hey, hope you're all doing well and keep Kemp's because free agent. The free agency list for goalies isn't great. Thank you so much for the ten dollars, Jamie. Uh, and thanks for jumping back on. Good to see you. Uh, <laughs> Megan, that's so good. Um, you have to you you have to keep an eye on it, but I, I think with the way he finished that Tampa Bay series, you you, you feel pretty comfortable. Um, with it. Last question I kind of got for you guys on on Darcy, and then if you guys have anything that we want to kind of go down a certain road. There's a comment that came through a second ago that just said, you know. You give up the first and Connor Timmons and, and God, if Connor Timmons can stay healthy. I think that kid is going to be such a player. I think he's going to be such a good NHLer if he can just, and, and like freak accidents too. Um, yeah. Obviously you win the cup. So the trade, you know, it, it's already paid off 10 times over. Yeah, you're happy. But does keeping Kemper maybe make it feel a little bit better in terms of just like a long-term investment on those assets that you gave up? Megan says yes. I was going to say I saw a head nod and then a skeptical. I, I guess I guess I don't care. They won like they won the Stanley Cup, man. Like they they made the trade. They did it for he was on a one year deal. On the one year deal, he went one for one, winning the Stanley Cup. Um, and sure, if he stays for the next three years and they win another one, then great. Like you're you love that. Um, if they don't, they go get a different goaltender and they win another Stanley Cup. You also love that. Um, so I, 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 I guess I'm just not too concerned about the deal anymore. And uh, that deal is a that deal is a clear win today. No questions asked. Um, you put it in the history books as Yahtzee, and I'm I 
don't I probably won't ever think about it again. Megan, you nodded. Does it does it make it feel just that much better if he sticks around? It does only in part because of what we know about what's available right now. It's not like there's this other alternative um, that's going to come in and, oh, yeah, this is a significantly better option than Darcy Kemper. So Darcy Kemper staying on for more than just a year after giving up those assets. Like AJ said, it has paid for itself, but it would only make this feel a lot better because at the time it was deemed a pretty risky decision and a lot of people were skeptical of it. So it would just bolster the fact that, yes, this definitely paid for itself and then some if Kemper stayed around. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the only the only area where I think you start to feel not even bad about because again, you want a cup. Like, and I, I we've been I've been I've been pounding that drum for years with the whole like give away every pick and prospect if it means a cup. So like, I am fully there. But like it would suck just a little bit if you had to go out and like make another trade for a goalie and give up more assets or something like that. If you didn't want to mess with this free agency market. The thing that I think would make that be bad is if it was for another one year deal. Like if they were to, if they were to go out and get like, like I'm just saying, I don't think this is going to happen. I'm not actually worried about this, but if they were to go out and give up a ton of assets and get John Gibson, that, that that's a guy that's under contract for several years. The idea would be that John Gibson's the man moving forward, right? If they go out and they get, I don't even know who's on a one-year deal because I haven't given a shit about goalie contracts. Uh, but if they were Why to trade you? for, if they were to trade for a guy on a one-year deal, and then you're in the same exact position next year, that I would feel bad about because three years in a row, you choose not to keep a guy, and then you're you're sitting here like. On free agency day, like, well, Jay, uh, what do I know? Like, in the most important position. And, like, you, you're you just trying to make it up, right? Like, you, this, that's not, uh, it's not a template for success. And to be honest with you, the Darcy Kemper wasn't, like, the way that they did it with Kemper wasn't a template for success. Right. Uh, just historically, you go look at big goalie trades, big goalies that get, that get dealt for first-round picks, have not yielded tons of results in the last several years. Uh, but they, they they bucked all that history, right? Like, it's all good. But I do uh, I do think that... Um, I, I don't worry too much about the deal anymore, but I will say if whatever whatever they decide to do, they need to they need to decide on. Like they need a, they need some sort of a commitment that's flying by the seat of your pants at the goaltender position every single year. Right. It's just a dangerous way to live, especially given every year you're dealing with a new goalie coming in and taking 20 to 30 games to figure it out, get comfortable to readjust and all that. Um, the abs are not going to be as good next year as they were this year. That's going to be a harder job for that goalie. Uh, than it was for for Darcy Kemper if if they don't retain him. So, um, you know, I just I'm just not. I I I don't worry about the deal, but I don't want to continue. I don't want to stay on this carousel every year. And 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 that's kind of the point of of why I ask is because it just it has felt like now for several years in a row. It's like okay. You're just, like you said, you're kind of going year to year. And again, it paid off. You won a cup. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Anything that happened in the past doesn't matter. But today when the schedule comes out, you're officially on the hunt for a repeat. You got to figure out what you're doing with your team going forward. And to your point, AJ, it's going to be harder for them to put together a roster as highly talented as this year's was. As um, certainly as complete, you know. Right, top right. Top. And it, it wouldn't hurt to have some stability back there. Darcy Kemper knows UC Park law, understands the system. Mm-hmm. I think fits really well into it. Um, it. It'd be nice to see him come back. Um, and like you said, get off the carousel, get off the goalie carousel yeah. for a couple of years, reward your guys. They want a cup. Yeah. Keep some, keep some familiarity back there. Well, and like uh, you, you do bring up, you know, you and Megan made a good point earlier that, that having Frankie around is stability. 
Like, that's a guy, like, the Avs are paying more for a backup goaltender than most NHL teams will. Uh, and the teams that are paying more for a backup than the Avs are are, guy, are teams that are typically involved in platoons. So the Avs are the Avs are in a good position, but they have like they're paying a, a decent amount of money here for like it's obviously two million dollars isn't like crazy money, but backup goaltender is one of the most cost efficient positions uh, on the roster, and the Avs are paying a, a premium price for for Pavel Francouz here, and <clears throat> he's living he's lived up to that to to that deal when he's been healthy. Outside of outside of the one year that he missed, he really has not had prolonged injury issues. Like obviously at the start of this last season, that sucked. It just sucked unlucky. that it yeah. it just it sucks so much that like unlucky is a great. Yeah, word. well, because he got because you remember like his his like toe gets caught in like the net or whatever in the <laughs> preseason game, and like that's that's what it that's what sets him back because he was fine. Um, and he's like he's he's good to go um and you you have a lot of trust in pavel Francois. you know we've we get accused like rudo and i have to like fend off like the frankie fans because they think that we don't like him or whatever and we love pavel Francois. it's just we don't think that he's a high-end starter i don't i'm i'm not i don't think he's a starter at all i think he's a really good backup and i think that gives you a little bit of room at the starter position, but when you get into the postseason, you don't want to have to rely on that guy. Seeing how Frankie handled it this year was great, but he was still like he was still the Frankie that makes you nervous. He was still the Frankie that that you don't trust as a longtime starter. I think the playoffs probably for me reinforced Frankie's limitations but also gave you a, a comfort of if we absolutely have to lean on this guy, we can. Um, we might have to score a couple of goals, but we can. Uh, and and I think that that makes it so you have a higher-end backup. That makes it so that you can maybe live a little more dangerously. At the you can survive six games. Well, and, and I, mean, I'm, I mean like planning on the macro level. You oh. can you can maybe go year to year if you have the stability at backup that a guy like Frankie gives you. You can maybe ride that carousel for an extra year if you think, hey, Darcy Kemper's not the solution. The the we're not gonna give Darcy Kemper a five year deal and somebody is, and we just won't we just won't do it. We we will find an answer for a year and we'll try again next year. I I'm saying I don't want to live on this carousel forever. But I also don't want them to commit for the sake of committing. Yeah. And then you're in a room, you know, you're in this long-term relationship with a with the dude that you're in like with. Well, yes, yeah, so they just need to kill a couple of years till Vitek Vanacek catches on a little bit more and then, you know, pull from their development system. Or Sam uh, Sonoff, like pick yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So last question here, then we're going to move on from, from the Darcy Kemper. I, I Honestly, guys, I ask a lot of these questions – because it's good conversation. I think they'll keep Kemper. I think that's yeah. the right move. Um, I, I think I think he had a great year and he struggled in the playoffs with a little bit of the injury. Just playing devil's advocate. Let's say they don't land Darcy Kemper. Megan, who is your picture perfect fit? They don't necessarily have to be a free agent, but just someone that's realistic. You can't say Andre Vasilevsky. Who so? Really <laughs> okay. so. Yeah, love that. AJ? Same. I have always been I've always wanted them to make a run at John Gibson just to just to get him out of there. My biggest thing, and I was a huge John Gibson fan for a long time, but John Gibson three years in a row has not been any good. Yeah. And I know that people always go, bah, 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 but the ducks team in front of them is terrible. And it's like you know that there are goalies who have good years on bad teams every single season. The fact that John Gibson hasn't done it in three straight years makes me really, really iffy. I'm not saying that I'm hard out on it or anything or that I would be totally opposed. It just makes me uncomfortable. Because if you were to go into a trade with John Gibson, with Dana Heim for John Gibson, you would have to give up assets like he's John Gibson. 
And it's been three years since you've seen that dude. Since he's been John Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you taking that chance? Because look, like Braden Holtby was pretty good for Dallas last year. Braden Holtby hadn't been good since they won since he won a Stanley Cup in Washington, which is a lifetime ago now in in NHL cycle terms. Yeah. So I think that um, it, you just never know, right? Like you just never, you truly never know, especially at the goaltender position. But uh, Winnipeg is not going to trade Connor Hellebuck. Otherwise, I would be first in line for that shit. This was the one thing about Darcy Kemper. I don't know if I've seen that many equipment malfunctions in one season. Like that he had to lead the league in equipment weird. malfunctions per 60. It was weird, dude. Like the uh, the skates are always with the skates. Yeah. Like like that one week he just couldn't dude. finish a game. Couldn't finish a game, couldn't finish a period. It was wild. It was the weird. the Box scores for all those games were hilarious. Yeah. I think there was just some weird luck going on. Even with Frankie taking a puck from the bench and then his injury at the start of the season, I think yeah. both goaltenders just needed to do something, sage the locker room, but not actually sage it's a close practice. Of course. Well, obviously everyone knows Obviously that. it's a close practice. Duh. Duh. DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings, Jesse, Megan, AJ, Also brought to you guys by Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNBR. And once that bar reopens here in August, those beers will be on tap. And you know we'll have the seltzers in the bar as well. Breck Brew has a beer for every occasion. And there is no better way to watch a game than having some Breck Brew. They've been doing it for over 30 years. And it all comes down to their love and passion for making beer. Make sure to try out some of our favorites, which are the Good Company Hard Seltzers and Lemonade Seltzers. I always prefer the lemonade. Uh, you know, it's warm out. Perfect lemonade. time for drinking something a little bit lighter. Sitting out on the patio. Get that uh, little bit extra sweet going in there. Uh, they have the Avalanche Amber Ale, which is all Rudo drinks. They got the Juice Drop IPA. Summer Pills. It's not all he drinks, okay? Hey. He, he slips in a strawberry sky. I actually heard he had his hot water heater replaced with just a giant keg of avalanche <laughs> amber ale. Uh, so go Ms. ahead. You know, Rudo was it, not happy. That's a hundred percent confirmed fact. So take that to Twitter. The it's strawberry, canon. Get to Twitter. <laughs> strawberry sky. One of my favorites, one of Hannah's favorites. They also have the vanilla Porter jr. Uh, and make sure you guys are using the Breck beer locator to find them at your nearest liquor store. And again, once we get that bar, the DNBR bar 2.0 open, come on down and enjoy a Breck brew. Also brought to you guys by Evoca TV. Look, it's the off season, but you are going to be gearing up sooner than you realize to watch the Nuggets and the Avs. Uh, and if you haven't been able to do it in the past with your current provider, you're going to love Ivaca. Ivaca is a totally new approach to TV programming. Uh, it's less expensive, easier to watch, and offers a superior picture uh, to that of cable. Uh, the services include local networks like Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet, as well as a bunch of other national channels. Ivaca TV is growing consistently uh, and adding new channels to their lineup, including DNVR. If you have Avaca TV, you could be watching us right now live on the DNVR channel. I believe it is just one station above altitude. Uh, so we're we're channel neighbors with altitude there. Uh, yeah, we're now live on, on Avaca TV with our own channel. So make sure you are checking that out. Look, I could go on and on and on and on. Uh, but the most important thing is they've got altitude sports. You can watch the abs, the nuggets, the rapids, the mammoth. Although if you're following y'all here on Twitter, maybe you don't want to be watching the Rapids right now. Uh, you can also access coverage uh, of the CSU Rams and the Denver Pioneers. Baseball season is underway. You can get the Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet Rocky Mountain. Service is now available in Denver and Colorado Springs. All you have to do to sign up is go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNVR. A lot of letters there. Uh, use the promo code DNBR. You'll get $10 off your first three months. So it's only $15 per month for the first three months plus receiver. No contracts, no hidden fees. That's evaca.tv slash 
DNVR. Jesse, Megan, AJ, DNVR Avalanche Podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, let's touch just kind of briefly on some of those free agents that we weren't able to get to yesterday. Um, I also want to give a huge shout out to Mucinex for allowing me to get to that ad read, uh, without losing my mind. Um, that's the good stuff, honestly, when you've got, when you've got chest congestion, like that dude does, it is, it's seriously. Uh, so I've actually never taken Mucinex. Today's my first Mucinex experience. I've only been like Sudafed and stuff in the past. May have a new, uh, I, I need to get like a, a NASCAR jacket with just Mucinex across Mucinex. the back. <laughs> That's the it's, next thing after robes, DNVR racing jackets. I think we just need a DNVR racing team. Um, personally, I think the DNVR... The DNVR just needs to be on one of those F1 cars that we watch all, every week. So it's just me just saying need to replace like some of those uglier cars with uh, with with some DNVR little, little flag on there. Get to work, Brandon. Yeah, seriously. Where's that? Where's that hundred million dollar deal? Um. There were a couple comments in the goalie conversation that asked about Eustace. And I feel like the quick note is that Hunter Miska was a UFA. He announced that he's not going to be coming back to Colorado. Kind of thought that could be something that happens. Um, And this also seems to pave the way that Eustace is the go-to starter in Loveland for the foreseeable future, which is what I think they've been setting him up for since last season. But with that said, I, I don't think that's meant to be a quick, fast track to the NHL either. I think he's still expected to come play as a starter in the AHL, at least for another season, maybe even two. But it puts a little bit of faith behind Anunin and his path to the NHL, solidifying mm-hmm. him as a starter. I also wonder if that opens up the backup job for Trent Minor. Or Peyton Jones. That's what I'm wondering. Don't he had a say great that to year. me. I'm so sorry. Um, so Peyton, had, I I love Peyton Jones's like path. Like I I love the undrafted college kids that just keep going and keep going. But I remember Jesse and I watching that guy in Arizona last year and just being like, "You're supposed to get in front of it, dude." So it was uh, Peyton Peyton Jones and I are a, we're a tough we're a tough go. Um, anyway, point is, the point is, I do wonder what that means if Trent, if Trent Minor is the guy that they want uh, as backup in Loveland, and they just run prospects, they just run their own home, homegrown tandem. I do, I do think that just because it's always smart, um, that would put Trent Minor in line to play in the NHL next year if catastrophe strikes. I do think, that. I do think that there is a a decent chance that they next week in free agency that they get a veteran guy of some, some level uh, to come in and either be an ECHL buffer or uh, a guy to help out in the HL a little bit. But yeah, Eustace, Eustace, that should be his job, but that's not an NHL path yet. And I know they're high on Eustace. You know, I know that I know the organization really likes him and they really do see him as they were a no go at the deadline as a potential starter for them one day. Um, and, and and look, like this is something that we've talked about in the past. <clears throat> the Avs went such a long time where they had to, anytime they had a high-end prospect, they had to fast-track them to the NHL. You're looking at a guy here in Eustace Annan. He's a young guy. Honestly, to me, this is another one of the reasons why giving Darcy Kemper, if you could get Darcy Kemper back here for three years, don't know if he'll go for that. You may have to give an extra year to get him to come back. If you could get Darcy back here for three years, I think that just sets up so well to eventually turn the keys over to Ananen in two or three years. Uh, once he's had a couple more years to be the guy in Loveland, um, be the starter, do more, you know, put up more than just one year. I mean, he had a great year, but he needs to repeat it. And then he needs to repeat it again, or at least be in that ballpark before you can say, yes, this kid is ready to make that jump. And then you're hoping that everything just kind of times out well. So, yeah. Um, they think Ananin's time is coming. I don't think it is right now. The Ideally, it's Ananin is a full-time starter, and your spot starter next year is your third guy. And then in the second year, in Frankie's last, de- last year, he does the same job, um, 
and then ascends to the backup job uh, when Franzosa's contract expires after two years. Annan becomes your backup. Uh, and then by the end of, if you're on a four-year deal with Kemper, by the end of that, he's been a backup for two years, and you either have an idea yeah, of, yeah. we want to give him, we want to give him a starting opportunity, or we don't. So they'll have an idea. Like I think that's the, that's where if you give Kemper a four-year timeline and you're mapping out organizationally, you can see where Annan and yeah. Okay, two years as the starter in Loveland, as a full-time starter in Loveland, spot starter in the NHL. Goalie injuries are always going to happen. He's going to play in the NHL. He's going to get some opportunities. And then uh, and, and then after Frankie's contract expires, then you make the big decision. Is he our full-time backup now? Is he the guy that we're actually relying on in the NHL? And then, you know, is he the starter? So that's kind of your, that's kind of your Eustace path right now. And I love how close Loveland and Denver work together because Eustace has worked with UC Parkala throughout this last season. And so he's benefiting from the goaltending coaching of both Peter Budai and UC Parkala in being someone that does get to be a black ace in the playoffs and things like that. UC was a big reason that uh, UC was a big reason that Anadin got drafted in the first place. So. Well, and, and look, like, obviously he didn't get into any games. He sat on the bench for a couple. And, you know, if anybody saw the practices in morning skates, Usus didn't get a ton of work with the team, but he was in the meetings. He was in the video sessions. He was in the gym. He was at practices. He went through a Stanley Cup run. Um, I don't know if he'll get his name on the cup or anything like that, but... um. Just seeing the work that needs to go in, watching what two goaltenders who are going through that uh, have to go through. And look, he prepared in the entire Western Conference final as if he could get into a game. Um, So he got some great experience, uh, got to see a lot of that up close. And uh, that's never bad. That's never bad for a goaltender. That's never bad for a player. You know, a bunch of those black aces who got to be around. Young players, that's that's good for them. I'm going to stick on the goalies here just because goalies are fun to talk about. I, I want to give a couple seconds to Frankie because I do feel like we gloss over him a bit. Had the Avs not re-signed him, who would have given him starter money? Uh, I think we you would have seen a team like a Buffalo. Yeah. Um, maybe not Buffalo specifically but a team like them a team that has the opening has cap space i think that would have been they would have given him that classic three year right in the neighborhood of three million dollars um hey prove that prove that you're a backup going into the starter job that's one of the that's like one of the easiest contracts in the nhl to sign is free agent goalie going from backup to starter uh, you give him a three-year deal. Uh, you give him right around $3 million. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less, depending on age. Uh, and then go from there. The Avs uh, do officially open the season on October 12th at home versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Expect that to uh, be a banner-raising ceremony. Should be a ton of fun. Uh, for them the NHL schedule did just drop we're not really going to get into it too much uh, on the show it's not like the NFL where it makes a huge difference Um, but they do start at home head out on the road for a couple games back at home for a couple games uh, and then they do their classic east coast road trip uh, that actually starts in Vegas that's kind of a brutal road trip what fuck is this end of season <laughs> they finished with back-to-back games in san jose in april not the end of this not their actual finish but the, the, in, in the first week of april they have two games at san jose yeah what the hell not part of a home and home just yeah two ap- games in san jose april 4th and april 6th at san jose at san jose at los angeles at anaheim and they finish it up uh, at the finished season at home this year. Yeah, they finish against the Jets. You're going down, sucker. 
<laughs> That's amazing. That's so funny. I thought so. I had seen some chatter that they were maybe going to do the uh, kind of emulate what we saw now two seasons ago, where you played the same team in the same city a couple times. So when I first saw the San Jose thing, I thought maybe that was what it was, but no, one off. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Um, yeah. Schedule's out. Hit Twitter to go find it. Uh, Avs open the season on October 12th. Um, I have a wedding in Montrose, Colorado on the 11th. So... Very home-heavy. Uh, very home-heavy December schedule. Used to be January was their home-heavy month. Like, Very like, road heavy start to the season, which uh, I actually like. Yeah, get it out of the way. Yep. Well, cool. It's, well, the, the strangest road trip might be this at Winnipeg, at Buffalo, at Boston, <laughs> at Philadelphia. That's a really odd combination of cities. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. only time they're in Winnipeg, too. Obviously, Ooh. I care about that, but that's odd. What? Uh, when are they in Arizona? Uh, March 26th, and then at Christmas, December 27th. Find me. I think those games are going to be so sick. I think those games in ASU are going to be so awesome. Um, yeah, so, Glaze, anyway. head over Head over to Twitter, check it out. I'm sure we'll have a graphic up and all kinds of stuff here a little bit later today. Um, but the schedule did officially drop. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it, going all going back to Pablo Francois. It's just funny because um, that was something that I had heard, and then Elliot Friedman uh, reported on that there were a couple GMs out there that were disappointed when Pablo Francois uh, signed a multi-year uh, deal with the Avs because there were some there were some teams out there that. We're potentially interested in his services. Um, and like you said, Buffalo, Edmonton's another one that comes to mind. Um, I mean, Arizona, he would be a massive upgrade over what they've gotten that right now in Arizona. Uh, so glad he's sticking around. Wow. Let's talk about no love for the veggie man, huh? Oh no, I, I mean he's whatever. Fine. He's whatever. Damn. Cold. Get my Chinese food with no veggies, all right? Get them veggies out of here. All right. Um, uh, we're going to skip Abe Kubel and Lekkonen. Those are RFAs. We don't, I don't think anybody expects them to get off or sheeted. I mean, there's always talk about it, right? Like, somebody's always going to talk about the possibility of an offer sheet. And it's like, uh huh. Okay. There's a reason it was such a big deal last year when it actually happened and went through. You know, well, actually, and and then ended up shockingly not being worth it because Kokanemi wasn't nearly good enough to justify all that Carolina gave up for him. It really drove home how expensive that process is and how hard it is to get it right. So. Since we're already at about 45 minutes, I'm actually going to pay this last set of bills here, and then we can just kind of carry home until until we're done. Uh, DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you guys by DraftKings Sportsbook. NHL season is over, but the action never ends at DraftKings, especially this summer. Uh, with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, And if it doesn't win, you will get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action from baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, props, all of that good stuff, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. My favorite part, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. There's some apps out there that make you get to a certain dollar amount before they'll let you take that out. DraftKings will let you withdraw whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNBR. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code DNBR only at DraftKings. Minimum age and eligibility requirements. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you guys by some of our newest partners over at FOCO. The clock has hit zeros and the Stanley Cup final has come to an end with your Colorado Avalanche defeating the defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning's Tampa Bay Lightning four games to two. And what has been an incredible season from start to finish. The Avs have brought home the Stanley Cup to Colorado for the first time since 2001. Keep the celebration going with officially licensed 2022 Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup champion merchandise from FOCO. The collection features everything from apparel, like shirts, hats, and accessories, to collectibles like player bobbleheads and plush toys. FOCO, that's F-O-C-O, has got you covered with the best Colorado Avalanche merchandise. Head on over to FOCO.com or click the link in the YouTube description. Uh, and for non for all non-presale items, use a promo code DNBR for 10% off your purchase. <clears throat> Just lovely. Uh, so yeah, make sure you head on over to FOCO. I already got some of my stuff pre-ordered. Uh, they look great. So excited for them to show up. Uh, that's FOCO.com. Jesse, Megan, Angel, AJ, uh, we're going to wrap all of this up here in the next 15, 20 minutes. Uh, talking some free agency. I don't know if I won't die on you guys. There's no guarantees right now on this show. You Talk better not die. I'll be so mad at you. I know. I'll be pissed too. Uh, we're going to dip our toe here into the free agency with a few guys that we've got left to talk about. And then maybe if there's time, we'll get into a little bit of uh, what we could see on draft day other than the actual picks themselves. Has Rudo made it to uh, Arizona? Uh, he leaves today or tomorrow. I can't remember. I think he leaves tomorrow. I think he flies down tomorrow and then goes straight to their draft party for the show. Okay. Because uh, I saw that uh, our PHNX friends had a oh and God. Jared Bednar uh, had Hellacious a hell of a time getting to Montreal. I don't even know if they're there yet. Yeah, uh, for sure. The uh, there were there were a ton of concerns about people being able to get to Montreal over the last week. I know a lot of people uh, rerouted their trips to Toronto, uh, where they just rented a car and drove. So glad you're not going. That was all I was thinking yesterday when just watching all that unfold, yeah. knowing that they came out of Denver. I was like, yo, if Jared Bednar is getting kicked off these flights, <laughs> no shot I would have made it. You're going to toss a cup champion off yeah, a week, yeah. a week with after? The with the cup. Yeah. Had the cup with him. Um, he just wanders around with it now. I would. I mean, that was like Eric Johnson's whole week last week was <laughs> it didn't matter who had it or where it was going. Eric Johnson went. Yeah, he was there. Um, of the names we didn't talk about yesterday, Andre Burkowski, Darren Helm, Nico Sturm, Jack Johnson, Josh Manson, Ryan Murray. We talked about Berkey a little. We did talk about Berkey. Let's strike him. So, let me actually read these names. I'm going to ask both of you a question. Darren Helm, Nico Sturm, Jack Johnson, Josh Manson, Ryan Murray. Do any of those guys come back? All right. I hope I so. I want Manson to come back, yeah, but every I, indication I, sounds like that might not be the decision he makes for familial yeah. reasons. Yeah. Um, I think it's well known that uh, Manson's preference is to return to California, which really sucks, dude. I really would love to see that guy stay. Fit in so um, well. Well, and, and to be that guy next year, and then if EJ um, retires or leaves or whatever at the end of his current contract, then Manson could just be that guy. 
Mm-hmm. And it was it would be just such a good fit. And it's like, look, Colorado weather is pretty good too. I understand this is not Anaheim, but yeah. it's nice. It's a good place to raise a family. Colorado kind of low key rules, especially like, with like and like. Look, let's just be honest. When you have the kind of money they have, you can live in the dopest parts of the city. I know. I'm a Colorado. I'm I'm a Colorado person sitting out here on a soapbox asking for more Californians to move in, but it's absolutely true. Please. It's necessary. Please. Please um, let, let let Josh stay and play with his friends for four four more years. <laughs> we'll start please, the official Mom. Yeah. Start the official if you go ask her she can't say no campaign. Yes. Uh other than that do we see any of those guys coming back in, in, in the bottom half of this lineup? No. I think when they signed Cogliano, they probably made that choice. Um, just because as we talked about yesterday, that bottom six is kind of f- like filling up quickly as is. Um, now, if they decide not to give a qualifying offer to Knack, that would open up a spot that they could then give to Helm. Uh, his qualifying offer is only $1.2 million, though. And that guy gave you 22 points last year after coming over from Philly. So yeah. n- no points in the playoffs. But um, I like to be brought, honestly. I I really didn't have a huge problem with him in the postseason. I really didn't. Uh, and he stayed out of the penalty trouble that yeah. has so plagued him. You know, I think he only had the one the one um, well, only one or two penalties in the in the postseason and uh, during the regular season, he really cut down on the silliness. It was as advertised when he got here, and then I think um, cut it down. I I would like to see Sturm stay just because I think he adds an element, but also it's a you're trying to be well-rounded, but that guy, when you watched him, just continually looked out of place in Colorado. Like he was... He, he can't he can't play at the same kind of pace. The creativity, the offensive ask isn't isn't really there for him as it was even for his line mates. Um, most of the time, he he just did not look. He never looked like he really like fit or belonged uh, in in the way that Colorado wants to play. But I really like the player limitations and all. I really like the player, and I I would be okay if Storm wanted to. Um, if Sturm wanted to stick, but I, I, I think that they don't need the center because Comfer and Myers are there and new hook. Like you've got center options in your bottom six already. Like they're already there. So um, Sturm, I don't think would necessarily need to be prioritized. Yeah. Um, and Helm ended up at center by the end of all that. He was playing center. You know, it's funny. We heard a lot of talk during the final about, how this team, you know, there were so many free agents and it's going to look so different. And while it's true, the core is intact. And to me, that's the part, again, we talked about yesterday, like you look at Tampa, that's all they care about or is our core intact. We can fill in the rest as we need. Megan, when you, when you look at this list of free agents, potential free agents, Let's say, let's assume they they get it done with Nichushkin and Lekkinen, right? Because I think those are two that all three of us feel pretty comfortable on, saying they'll probably get those ones done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lekkinen RFA. If you lost everyone else that's pending, other than those two and Kemper, you don't really feel that bad, Megan, or do you? I do. Yeah, I don't really feel that bad, especially of the list we were just talking about with the kind of the outliers, the Nico Stern, the Abe Kubel types um, being on the fringe. Because with Cogliano rejoining, I kind of thought it would be among that group, a pick and choose. Like it's either one of these and then the others I expect to go. And within the bottom six, because it is pretty locked up, um, that's an area too where I could see the apps promoting from within. I could see Martin Cow assuming a role similar to Abe Kubel if that doesn't happen. I could see Maltzev assuming a role similar to Nico Sturm if that doesn't happen. 
I'd prefer it if Abe Kubel or Nico Sturm stay. Um, I thought Nico Sturm had a much better regular season right after the deadline when he joined the team. And I purely on my own speculation suspected maybe he was dealing with an injury in the playoffs because I thought he looked fine and assumed a better fit when he played right after the deadline and then looked out of place in the playoffs. So I liked what I saw of Sturm like right after the deadline um, when he was with the team through the rest of the season. So if that version of Sturm came back, I'd even be happy with that. So that being said, these are some people I could see leaving or not coming back and there being options and alternatives that could step up in their place. And, and yeah, Ben Myers is one that I keep forgetting about that, uh, you know, I think Love will be a big, big boost to that, to that bottom six. Um, no. I think Ben Myers is going to play a meaningful role on the team next year. I don't think I've, Ben Myers is going to be one of these college guys that were like, remember Ben Myers? Like, like, remember Dom Toninato? You know, like, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be that. I think he's going to be closer to a, yay, Alex Kerfoot. I don't know if he'll be that good, but like, I think I think Ben Myers is going to be an important player for next year's team. Where is Toninato? Winnipeg, actually. Winnipeg, that's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah, he's getting a, like he's, decent he's minutes, a, right? He's a regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. So I well, always use like him a... as my example. I'm like, this is why the Jets missed the playoffs. Well, dude, it was it was like when I saw Brad Malone mixing it up in Game Three of the Western Conference Final. I was like, "It's a sweep." It wasn't good. It's a sweep. <laughs> um, yeah, Brad cool. Malone doing doing what he has to do. Congrats to that guy for cashing them checks. No man. kidding, uh, man. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, does anybody have any other final thoughts? Did you guys see Joey Chestnut choke that dude out over the weekend? I heard he regretted it. Did he? Yeah, he came out and released a thing, like a whole apology being like, my bad. Bro, when you watch that video at full speed, Hannah literally goes, oh my God, did he just snap his neck? Like he whips him back. That's scary. I didn't see it. You should go look it up. Mid hot dog. And then he goes right back to stuffing hot dogs in his face. It's wild. Just keeps eating. Just keeps chugging along. Joey does what Joey does, you know? Oh, and then, oh, do you see the gallon of lemonade chugging challenge no i i realized that competitive eating was absolutely not for me when rudo and i were watching and betting on people uh like like high-end competitive eaters eating halloween candy and i i couldn't do it when they were just fistfuls of m&ms and stuff and like reese's like whole like Dude, it was disgusting. And I was just like, yep, yep, this is gross. I've got to be out on this for the rest of my life. And I, outside of hot dog, for whatever reason, watching people eat hot dogs does not have the same effect. See, I just, I always like getting the video clip on Twitter of the la- of like the 10 second countdown. I can't bring myself to watch the full i can't i can't bring myself to watch someone eat 60 hot dogs no in, in whatever it is 10 minutes I, minutes I have a really hard time just watching people do food challenges in general yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like i follow um for some reason they pop up on my tiktok all the time where people are like oh i'm at you know i'm yeah. at whatever diner and I, yeah. i'm doing their breakfast food challenge and it's like six pounds of food and it's like these huge pancakes and it's like a pound of potatoes and you're just i'm just like can't do this so you you've been to swankies with me right no or just swankies swankies downtown they have the frozen slushies yes okay yeah i was i actually i thought you and i had been in there yeah we totally did did they have everclear that they put yeah 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 in the drinks oh my goodness i know what you're talking about the slushies are so good The slushies are so, that's where we're going to do our end of year gathering. Well, so because they have it's a Wisconsin bar, so they have really good food yes. and it's all kind of cheese based mac and cheese, grilled cheese, all that stuff. They have a food challenge, and uh, one of Hannah's friends was like, Oh, I think I could do it. And I was like, That is so the, the food challenge, yeah, it's cheese fries, tots, like an eight layer grilled cheese, cheese curds, all this stuff. And I was like, you won't be able to go to the bathroom for three weeks. Like oh, and when you do, it's gonna be yeah. You have to go to the hospital. Like, yeah, like you need you need EMTs on standby. <laughs> yeah, those those food challenges are uh, 
I so we yeah. have a we actually have a comment here saying Joey Chestnut is the goat of goats, honestly, from a sports perspective. I am curious. I mean, we're just kind of fucking around at this point in the show, but like who would you say, Megan, are you on the floor? Yes. What is I was I was actually gonna do this show from the floor just to spite Dario because he was saying that Devon Tave sitting on the floor was hurting his hamstrings. I was like floor sitting on the sitters. floor. Will rise. I think I said it. Floor sitters. Floor sitters. <laughs> Honestly, it's just because I'm at my parents' house, so I'm. It's a little. It's not the standard setup. I. It right. was. It was. It was the zoom out for a second there, where I was like, you, you could see the, you could see the baseboard, and I'm like, hold up, those are outlets next to your shoulder. Something's going on here. See, at first I was like, damn, shoulder height outlet, sick. Dude, I for real, I was like, oh, she must be in like a kitchen or something, because that's the yeah, only yeah, place yeah. you see those. Um, no, anyway, uh, back to my original totally non-hockey-related yep. point here. Yeah, like, who who do you think is like the GOAT of, like, we're talking like the greatest ever at what they did? Serena Williams. I think... I think, think I, Serena Williams is actually my answer, no joke. So I was going to say, I think... I think Gretzky's in that conversation. Serena Williams, I think, is high up in that conversation. All jokes aside, I mean, like, I don't necessarily know if you want to call it a sport, but it's competition. Joey Chestnut has to be in that in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, name one other competitive eater. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Well, the best part is he beats everyone by like twenty five every year. It's like why. If you were training for this and you came up 20 short of what he did last year, what makes you think you're going to even get close? Yeah. See, I could also, Kobayashi is also the other one that I would know. But that's the guy, that's the guy that Joey Chestnut took the record from. Yeah. So I can name two of them across like 20 years. (laughs) Um, Uh, Also, is another good one. Yeah, people That's are talking about Sean White. Sean White, and obviously, nasty. Michael Michael Phelps during his during his like reign of terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, to me, those are all people that like dominated the sport. Like, you can you can absolutely Michael Jordan, all that stuff. But like, they weren't like Michael Jordan wasn't. He doesn't have records like Wayne Gretzky has, where it's like these absurd. No one will ever come close to touching it type records. Yeah. Like, like obviously Michael Jordan's amazing, you know, greatest, sure. second greatest basketball player of all time, depending on where you fall and all that. Who's ahead of him? I don't know. I said, depending on I, not nobody for me, but what okay. I'm saying is there's people that have it other ways. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he was dominant. Uh, Serena Williams. <sighs> yeah, dude, I'm sorry, but when it, for me, when, she has a baby, and then she rolls out, what is it, three weeks later and wins the Australian Open? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the most impressive thing I've ever seen an athlete do. Straight up. And, like, dominated. Like, dominated. It wasn't like, like, struggled her way through, like, tore up that tournament. Yeah. I'm trying to think... If there's anybody else that like, yeah, it was just like this year after year, season after season. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the men's side of tennis has that has the 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 trifecta right now with Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. Those those guys are have separated themselves so far from everyone else in men's tennis. But the fact that you can't separate them from each other tells me that none of them are the answer. Uh, Tony Hawk is a skateboarder. Yeah, yeah. Good one. Icon- uh, that's a good one. An iconic. What's crazy about swimming is like I would say like Katie Ledecky or Missy Franklin, but like I feel like every year or every four years a new like prodigal daughter emerges and just yeah. smashes all those records. Everyone was like, "Oh no way!" <laughs> like Katie Ledecky right now, dude. I can't honestly. I can't keep them straight. I can't remember which one is which. I'm like I'm sure. like what what event what which event does that one do? Oh. 
Yeah. What what country is that one from? I'm just like, there are so many like special athletes doing special things. I'm mm-hmm. it just and I don't I don't watch swimming. Like I'm like I'm like your like extreme Olympics only casual yeah, where yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Simone Biles. Simone Biles is a great. I like Simone Biles. Yeah, Simone Biles. Simone Biles. I mean, Simone Biles. Like, she like reinvented aspects of gymnastics. Well, and see that like right in front of us, and and she's uh, part of her legacy is going to end up being mental health nonsense, right? And not what a special athlete she was. Well, and and those are the those are the players that I really do or, or athletes that I really do look at when you're talking about this, like who changed their sport? Yeah. Who changed the way the position is played, changed the way that it's trained for whatever, whatever. And here's, I'm going to tie this all together. Kale McCarr is someone that I look at and I say, he's changing the way the yeah. position is played. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny cause we'll say that, but I don't think it, I don't think it'll end up being true. I don't think he'll change the way the position gets played because I just don't think I that see. you're going to find another Kale McCarr. The same way Bobby Orr didn't change the way defense got played. It just took 40 years to find another Bobby Orr. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting because there are people watching Kale McCarr right now. And you make a great point. It'll be 10, 15 years until we really start to see that. But it's going to be really interesting because that is someone who I could see saying – you know, change the way that he did it. Yahir makes a great point. Tony Hawk invented all kinds of moves. Um, those are the those are the people that I look at. They're like, they changed the way the game is played. Let's get out of here. Probably um, a summer pod. Sorry. Probably a summer pod. Yeah, I was gonna say. Now that we just went 15 minutes into a show that we'll do later on, we got a good <laughs> jumping off point now. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening along. AJ, Megan, Yaw here. Thank you guys for giving me a few extra minutes for my Advil to kick in. The website works again, so expect a handful of posts in the next few days. Website works again. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, yeah, thank you guys all so much for listening. For Megan Angley, AJ Hayfley, and as always, producer Yaw here behind the glass. Make sure you guys can see and hear us. I'm Jesse Montano. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.